Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. So today I have a pleasure of reading for you from my favorite Bible, which was given to me by someone who is very close to my heart. Thank you. So today's reading is from John 14, verses 15 to 27, which you can find in your Q Bibles on page number 1092. And then I will swiftly move to John 16, verses 12 to 15, which you can find on page 1094. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to my Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Magdalena. Well, almost 500 years ago, there was a man who was betrayed by someone he thought was his friend. He was arrested, locked up in prison. Uh, For over 400 days, he was uh, imprisoned in a a cold and dark space within a castle. Eventually, uh, in October 1536, uh, he was led out to be executed. He was strangled to death, and then his body was burnt at the stake. And what was his crime? What was thought to have warranted such terrible suffering and death? His crime was this, his life work of translating the Bible into English. Some of you may have heard of him. His name was William Tyndale. He'd left England in 1524 uh, because he realized that he might get more support on the continent for his work, uh, his dream of translating the Bible. So over the next 10 years, he he continued in his labor. He learned uh, Greek and Hebrew. Uh, so that he could translate the Bible directly from the original languages into plain and easy to understand English. Many of the phrases we still use uh, in our day-to-day spoken English today can be credited to him and the clarity of our Bible translations. Over those next 10 years, he moved about from place to place. He often had to flee at one place for another as the religious authorities who didn't approve of what he was doing uh, tried to get at him and oppose his work. By the time of his uh, eventual betrayal, he completed a full translation of the New Testament and much of the Old Testament as well, and he he smuggled it into England uh, in bales of cloth. Now, the question I'd love us to ask this morning was, was it worth it? Was it worth William Tyndale giving his life so that people in his generation and every generation since could read the Bible in English? Church services of the day were conducted in Latin and very, very few people could understand. And he said, I want the Bible in English so that everyone can see and understand. Was it worth it? Has it been worth it every time Christians have smuggled Bibles into countries where Believers are persecuted so that people in those countries could have the Bible in their own language. Well, to answer that question, I'd love to encourage each of us right now to think of the last time that God spoke to our souls through the Bible. Think about a time that we were struggling or tempted in some way, and we reminded ourselves of a a Bible promise, a Bible encouragement that was just a thing that we needed in that moment. I wonder if you, you can think of times like that in your life. It's great to encourage one another with those times over coffee at the end of the service. That would be a wonderful chance to, to share with one another ways that God has spoken into our lives 
through his word. And my guess is that, that all of us here this morning who are followers of Jesus will, will be able to point to some moments like that in our lives. Some occasions where God has spoken to us through his word. And if that's true, then, then you and I will know in our souls that the answer to the question I asked is, is yes, it, it was worth it. It was worth it for people like Tyndale to risk their lives so that you and I could, could hold the words of the Bible in our hands so that we could, we could read them. You see, the great value of having the Bible in our own language is that God has called us to love him with our heart, soul, and our mind. And that means that we, all of us have a responsibility in the life of our church when it comes to God's word. There is a responsibility on those of us who teach it, which is to teach it as plainly and compellingly as we can what we see in the pages of the Bible, as we work hard to prepare at what we see, that we teach it plainly and clearly. Now, sometimes we do that better than others, I realize, and if there are any ways at all that you think we can sharpen our preaching ministry, we would love to hear them. There's a responsibility on those of us who teach, but there's also a responsibility on all of us as listeners, and that's to weigh up what we read, what we hear, to assess what, whether what is said from the front at church matches up with what we see when we read the scriptures. See, the question that really matters when it comes to, to hearing the Bible preached, when it comes to any, any way that the Bible is opened in the life of our church family, is not actually, what do I think of the preacher? It's not, do I agree with everything this person has said? It's not even, do I get on with this person at the moment? No, the real question is, am I hearing God's voice through this person? See, it doesn't actually matter what my personal views are as a preacher. That is of zero significance to the life of our church family. But what matters infinitely is what God has said. Now, I think that's a deeply important thing for us to hold on to in the life of our church family at the moment. What matters is not ultimately what John or myself or, or indeed anyone else with a public uh, platform, as it were, with a public pulpit says in the life of our church family. That doesn't matter. What matters is that we look past them to listen out for the voice of the living God. So please don't ever take my word for it or John's word for it or, or the word of anyone else without checking that it matches up with what we ourselves can read in the Bible. We don't want to take our words for it. We do want to take God's words for it. So it's in that, in that spirit of eagerness to hear God's word uh, that I'd love us to look together at those verses that, that Magdalena read for us. Here's the first thing we're going to see uh, in these next few minutes from those words. Following Jesus involves loving obedience to his words. Jesus says that three times in chapter 14. Do please look at it with me. It's on page 1092. Uh, then you can check that what I'm saying matches up with Jesus' words. Three times in that chapter, Jesus says that following him involves loving obedience to his words. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. 
Now notice what Jesus doesn't say in those verses. He doesn't say, if you obey my teaching, I will love you. No, this isn't salvation by works. Remember how we've been uh, in this, the life of our church family since the beginning of the year, what we've called the year of the gospel. We, we had the verse of the year and the beginning of this, this year, our teaching on how we've been saved by God's grace alone. By Jesus' death, he saves us not because of anything we've done or, or we could ever do, but because of his mercy. So Jesus is not saying here that we can, we can earn his love in any way. If that's new news to you, uh, John or myself, any of us on the team would love to talk to you and share more about the free grace of Jesus. So God's grace is free, yes, but a clear mark of people who've been saved by grace is that they love to obey Jesus. Anyone who loves me, Jesus said, will obey my teaching. Now, when Jesus speaks of his teaching there, I'm convinced that he means more than only his words quoted in the gospel accounts, but also the whole message about him that we find in the entire Bible. I'll try and justify that in our next point from Jesus' words. But for now, just want to summarize where we are. A clear mark of our love for Jesus is that we obey his teaching. Now, perhaps you hear this, this talk of obedience and it makes you nervous. You're thinking, I thought following Jesus was all about a relationship, not about rules. Well, following Jesus is indeed all about a relationship. But one sign that we are seeking to enjoy our relationship with Jesus is that we obey him. It's a bit like this. Picture uh, someone that you love deeply. It could be a family member, our closest friend, uh, someone like that. Now, how do we show our love for them? could be in a whole range of ways, of course, but, but one of them, surely, is that we, we listen to them. We care about what they think. We, we treasure their opinion. We listen to their voice. And that is what it's supposed to be like in our relationship with Jesus, between us and Jesus. We see that in the words that, that John helped us to dwell on last week from earlier in John's gospel. Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, you, you know Jesus. You know his voice. And, and you and I can have confidence that his voice in the Bible is the, is the best voice that we could ever listen to. The voice of our creator. So if we want to have if we want to keep growing to love our Savior, Jesus, more, then the best thing that we can do is to listen and to obey his voice. To listen and to obey what he says to us in the words of the Bible. So following Jesus involves loving obedience to his words. And that means that we, we need to know where to hear his voice from. So that's the second thing we're going to see this morning. We've seen that following Jesus' love involves loving obedience to his words. And the message and words of Jesus are found in the entire Bible. The message and words of Jesus are found in the entire Bible. Now, why do I put it like that? Where am, where am I getting that from? Well, first, I'm getting it from what Jesus said to two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus after he'd risen from the dead. Many of us will be familiar with this passage. Uh, let me just read some verses from Luke chapter 24 where Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, at the point that, that Jesus said that, we, we didn't yet have the New Testament. So when he speaks of the scriptures there, he means the Old Testament. Uh, and Luke tells us that, that Jesus taught the disciples uh, his message by explaining what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. In other words, in all of the Old Testament, every part of it relates to the message of Jesus. The whole, the whole storyline of the Bible centers on the Lord Jesus, on who he is, on what he's done, on what he will do in the future. Now, there's loads more that we could say about that, that we, than we have time for. Uh, that we'll have to wait for another time. Just for now, we want us to see the whole Old Testament, Jesus says, contains his words and his message. And that means that if we want to grow more like Jesus through loving obedience to his, his teaching, his commands, then we need the Old Testament. But it's not just the Old Testament that contains the message and words of Jesus. That is also true of the entire New Testament. And I'm getting that from what Jesus said here in John 14 and 16. The, the context here, he's explaining to his 12 disciples uh, what is going to happen to him after he dies, how he'll be raised from the dead, how he'll ascend uh, to the Father. And they're full of questions and worries. They, they're struggling to grasp what he's getting at. In fact, uh, chapter 16, verse 18 says that the disciples said to one another, we don't understand what he's saying. So the disciples needed help. They, they weren't sure how they were going to cope after Jesus had returned to the Father. They weren't sure how they were going to make sense of all that Jesus had done among them and of his impending death. And that's why Jesus promises them here uh, in these words that to send the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And then verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus says that when he returns to the Father, he's not going to leave the disciples on their own. He'll come to them by means of the Holy Spirit. And notice that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. One of the Holy Spirit's roles was to, to take the truth about Jesus and make it clear to the apostles. And so here's what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in verses 25 and 26. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then do flick over to John 16, verse 12. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, when we put those two passages from John 14 and John 16 together, we get the following picture. We hear that there was more that the disciples needed to know and to understand than they could cope with before Jesus' death. And so Jesus asked the Father to send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's called the Spirit of Truth. And so the Holy Spirit, who's sent by the Father and the Son, uh, teaches the apostles all that they needed to know and reminded them of everything that Jesus had said to them. 
And then over the next decades, uh, in the early church, the apostles wrote down all that the Holy Spirit had taught them about Jesus, about his message and his words. And they wrote it down in what we now call the New Testament. That's how we have the New Testament, because the Holy Spirit came into the lives of the disciples and guided them into all the truth. He, he reminded them of everything Jesus had already taught so that they could accurately write it down. And he taught them more about the message, all that they hadn't yet understood at the point when Jesus died. And then as they taught that to the early church, they began to write it down. This is how Luke puts it at the beginning of Acts. He says that the Gospels tell us all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And then what we have in the book of Acts and the New Testament is, as it were, all that Jesus continued to do and to teach through the apostles. By the way, if you're not sure that you can, you can trust uh, what you read in the New Testament or even in the whole Bible, I have some resources and some books. If we had more time, I'd talk about what I would love to recommend and to loan, loan to anyone as well. Do come and talk to me. I'd love to help with that. So here's what we're seeing. That, that, that all of the message and words of Jesus are found in the entire Bible, both Old and New Testaments. Now, here's why I've labored that point so much. It's because it means that if we want to love Jesus more through obeying his teaching... We can't pick and choose which parts of the Bible we use. If the entire Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, contains the message and the teaching of Jesus, then we can't have a kind of pick and mix approach to it. That, that doesn't honor Jesus and his words or our relationship with him. Now, there's, again, there's loads more we can say that we have to take care in how we apply the Bible. Uh, for example, uh, lots of us have questions about how do we apply parts of the Old Testament. Um, and one way that Christians have often found helpful is to notice that Jesus in the New Testament takes forward and in fact intensifies the moral laws of the Old Testament while saying that he's fulfilled the, what are called the civil or the ceremonial laws, the laws given to, to Israel as a nation state. So we don't, we don't seek to apply all of those laws that were given uniquely to Israel to our lives, but we do seek to apply the moral law that Jesus takes forward into the New Testament to our lives. That's just one of many uh, things that we could talk about that we need to take care of in and how we apply uh, the Bible to our lives. But the point remains, we, we can't pick and choose which parts of the Bible we pay attention to. We can't, for example, say that we will we'll take seriously the words of, of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, but not the words of the Apostle Paul or Peter, or John. And why can't we do that? Well, because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth, who guided the apostles into all they would write in the New Testament. And that means that the, the apostles' words were not ultimately their own ideas, but Jesus' words. Some Bibles, uh, as you know, have the, the words of Jesus in, in red text but everything else is in black. And it implies, I think unhelpfully, that the rest of the Bible isn't also the message and words of Jesus. But it is. Through the Holy Spirit, God has given the whole of the Bible to the church. So following Jesus involves loving obedience to his words. The message and words of Jesus are found in the entire Bible. And that leads to our final point for this morning. 
Drink deeply from the Bible. Drink deeply from it. I know in my own life it can become so normal to us that we have access in the Bible, in our own language, that we, that we forget what an extraordinary privilege it is. We forget that people like Tyndale died so that we could read God's living words. We forget how absolutely amazing it is that, that God loves us so much that he has given us this book. This book, all of which is inspired by God, all of which contains the message and the words of Jesus to us through the Holy Spirit, all of it given so that we might trust in Jesus, be forgiven, and enter into the joy of an eternal relationship with him. All of it given so that we can enjoy that relationship as we listen out for his voice, as we we hear it and obey. So dear church family, can I encourage us to to drink deeply from this book? This book and the Holy Spirit who inspired it give us all that we need to live in joyful obedience to Jesus. I can't tell you how many times God has, has graciously challenged me through his word. How many times he's, he's put his finger on areas of my life where I could be more like Jesus and, and he's lovingly corrected me, challenged me to repentance and obedience. I can't tell you how many times God has sustained and strengthened my faith through this book. How many times Bible promises have kept me going in the midst of the daily pressures of life in a broken world. And also through the the depths of grief and depression and anxiety. I'm not saying that because God's word made those trials go away. No, but I have known again and again that there is soul-satisfying joy to be found in this book, in God's words, even in the midst of very deep pain. That's been my experience, and I know it's been the experience of many in our church family. One of the great privileges of being a a minister here at Emmanuel is is that many of you tell me things about how, how God has been at work in your lives. And a great many of you, us can testify to to how God has strengthened and sustained and challenged us through his word. You can testify to how God has has strengthened you, to how he's given you confidence to trust him uh, at work amidst challenges that you wouldn't have been able to face on your own. Or or you can testify to how he's given you courage through his word to, to obey him even when that's been costly. Some of you can speak of uh, the reassurance, the deep reassurance that that he's given to your soul through through his word in the midst of terrible circumstances. Or perhaps that's that's never been your experience of the Bible. Or it has been in the past, but in recent months or years, perhaps you've just let the Bible kind of, the, the place of it sort of fall a bit by the wayside in your life. Well, whatever our current experience, can I, can I commend to us as we close just a few things that, that so many Christians have found helpful? M- many of us will have this already, but, but some might not. And it's, it's worth saying that, that the, the habit, a daily habit of enjoying our relationship with God through reading his word and prayer is one that, that countless Christians find precious. Many make that the first priority of their day. They, they use one of the great Bible reading plans. There are out there. There's loads of them. 
Um, and they gradually make their way through the Bible. And when they finish, they, they just start up again. That's been one of the most important habits in, in my Christian life, and I, I would warmly encourage that for all of us. People do that at different times of day, whatever, whether you're a morning person, evening person, it doesn't really matter. What, what matters is that we, we take time to cultivate our relationship with God uh, in that way. And if we can have time with family or close friends as well, that is hugely precious. Uh, perhaps using one of those resources that were recommended earlier. So having a, a daily time with the Lord is really precious. Second, we can, we can memorize the Bible, parts of it. We can't all carry around a, a Bible at wherever we go, um, at work, at school, when we're out for leisure, but we, we can all carry with the Bible with us in our minds and our hearts. So maybe, like I do, you struggle with anxiety. Well, why not have some, some Bible promises that speak into that? 1 Peter 5, verse 7, very short. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And just having that in our minds can be helpful in those moments. Or maybe you're prone to, to lose your temper in stressful situations at work or at home. And you can have the, a Bible verse in your mind. That encourages you to pursue godliness in how you speak in those moments. In fact, I'm convinced that any, any possible need or temptation or situation we're facing can be met with some kind of promise or, or challenge or encouragement from God's word. So I can commend up to us those things. Having a daily uh, reading habit, time with the Lord, memorizing some Bible, and then lastly, why not join a, a home group, as Paul mentioned earlier, a place where we can study the Bible, uh, apply the Bible to our lives alongside other brothers and sisters uh, who will encourage us uh, to keep going in growing in obedience to Christ. Do please talk to Natasha Burt, to me, to John, uh, if you'd like to join a group. So following Jesus involves loving obedience to his words. The message and words of Jesus are found in the entire Bible. So let's drink deeply from this word, from the words of Jesus. If I can invite the band up, uh, and in a moment we're going to sing uh, in response to what we've been hearing, we're going to sing uh, this song, Your Word, written by members of the church family, uh, to uh, acknowledge the preciousness of God's word in our lives. And just as they get ready to lead us in that, let me lead us in a short prayer. Father in heaven, we just praise you that you have given us this book, Elsewhere, it's been called the most precious gift that the world affords. And we pray that that would be the reality in our experience, that, th that this book would come to be more and more the most precious gift that we have. Because in it, we discover the precious gift of your son, our savior. The precious gift of all of his words to us. And so we pray that, that this week, beyond all of us, would would enjoy our relationship with you, our good shepherd, all the more as we, as we hear your words, as we live in joyful obedience to them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, 
visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.